as we continue making our way through the fall semester, the changing leaves and the repeated email reminders bring along a highly anticipated event, pre-registration for spring semester 2022. I know, at least for myself, it's hard to tell if I'm looking forward to registration in anticipation of next semester, or if what I'm actually feeling is just the dread that comes along with vying for a shot at the perfect schedule between courses filling up, conflicting classes, and a whole swath of technical issues that come along just to help set the mood. There are lots of things to consider and a lot that could potentially go wrong in a very short amount of time. Even my first time attempting to register was nerve wracking, confusing, and honestly, kind of a mess. With errors and pop-ups and campus being almost 300 miles away, it's safe to say I was floundering a claim proven by my email to the registrar, signed with the urgent, how can I fix this? Looking back at it now, all of my woes came from my confusion and misunderstanding surrounding transfer credits, as I didn't know where I could find them or what they even counted towards. Welcome back to the Whitman Wire podcast. My name is Coden Stark. In this week before registration for the spring semester, we're doing a deep dive on transfer credits. From what they are, to how they work, and where they're hidden on my Whitman, the wire is here to save you from unnecessary registration stress. We'll also ask, but not necessarily completely answer, common questions about transfer credits on campus, and find where such credits are extremely common. According to Pam Fowler, the transfer credit evaluator here at Whitman, around half of Whitman students have transfer credits of some sort, either those earned pre-enrollment, like APs, IBs, running start, or through other accepted means of similar sorts, or courses taken off campus at other institutions while still a witty. I sat down with Pam Fowler to talk about her position, related responsibilities, and ask the questions I wish I knew the answer to during my first registration. Welcome to the Whitman Wire podcast. Thank it's you. nice to have you on. Thank you for inviting me. Can you uh, introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Pam Fowler and I'm the transfer credit evaluator here at Whitman. And uh, how long have you been the transfer credit evaluator? I've been at Whitman about two and a half years now. What exactly is the role of Transfer Credit Evaluator? So basically I'm, I'm helping students that are trying to bring in credits that they've earned, whether they've earned them while in high school through an AP, IB, or Cambridge A-level exams, or through something like Running Start or a dual enrollment program. I also help students who are at Whitman who are considering taking a summer course or courses while they're on a leave of absence to make sure that those are eligible for transfer when they come back to Whitman. So I'm assuming you've been pretty busy with the COVID stuff and people being like taking gap, gap semesters and gap years. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really busy during that time period, and um, I had worked at Whitman for about a year, and then we went remote for 18 months, and uh, uh, so I was glad that I had kind of my strong, strong background yeah. behind me. It would be kind of miserable to get starting from scratch during the 
Yeah. I know you went into a little bit of detail about like what types of credit you can transfer, but is there any real difference between things like AP or IB or Running Start? The current policies at Whitman are a little bit different for the different kinds of credit. There's a limit right now for 30 credits that can be brought in through AP or IB or Cambridge A level. And then with Running Start credits, uh, there's a maximum of 62 semester credits that can come in. But a student has the opportunity to decide whether they want to keep all of those credits or whether they just want to transfer 14 credits. Mm. And can you like combine them both to get just like the max, like, or is there like a set max between the two? So the largest maximum is 70 credits that can be brought into Whitman. Um, so it's pretty unusual for a student to have, uh, you know, 62 running start credits and additional AP, IB, but theoretically that would be possible up to a maximum of 70 credits. So that's like almost, what is that, two and a half years worth? of credit if we take 15 credits a semester yes and people also come to Whitman like after doing a two-year or transferring from another four-year so how does that like complicate things or how does that work right so I didn't really address that so there are, are what we call true transfer students those are students who have gone to another college after graduating from high school and those students, if they go to a two-year school, the same rule applies, only 62 credits. But if they've been to a four-year school, they can bring in 70 semester credits. So you have the amount of credits you can get from different sources. Mm -hmm. Is there one that's like easier to do than others? For me to do? Yeah. Um, well, the AP credits are probably the easiest because the way they come in now is electronically. Mm -hmm to our admissions office and then they just come through and are loaded into a student's records automatically. So that's probably the simplest mm -hmm. one, although I do have to kind of go through those and make sure that nobody's bringing in more than 30 mm -hmm. of those yeah. credits. The credits that are coming in from other colleges I need to look at on a course-by-course -course basis. Mm -hmm. And how often would you say there are people who take more AP credits or like they try to transfer more AP credits than they're allowed to? Um, it doesn't happen all that often. I would say it's a pretty small number where they exceed that 30 credit total. Because yeah, that's a lot of AP tests. It is. It is. And some students do have a combination of AP and IB. So I have to make sure that they're not exceeding for the two types. Yeah. And it's because Whitman is such has a such diverse like student population from a lot of different backgrounds like right. my school only, we only did AP so I couldn't get credits from IB mm -hmm. but there's other schools in our district and like across the country and across the world with like AP IB and just yes. all the different credits right and it's an ever-growing field yeah <laughs> it's changing all the time and that's I guess that's part of what I find interesting about it mm is that it's um, kind of a cutting edge part of education. Yeah, and kind of separate, but in the same realm of testing, there's the SAT, which colleges are now like trying to move away from, like moving away from using SAT scores in deciding whether or not to allow someone in. But then <laughs> with APs, 
and especially going online for COVID, a lot more people, it's open to more people. So there's more people taking it. Yes. It's just... It's an increasing number, I, I would say, of um, schools are offering mm. AP and IB and trying to reach different populations yeah. than, uh, you know, when they first started, they were only in some kind of select high schools. Yeah. And now you're finding the AP and IB programs in a wider range of high schools, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess broader question, what percentage of Woody's have transfer credits when they enroll? Um, it's just under 50%. Do you know, like, the average amount people have? I don't know the average amount. It does vary. I mean, some students are only bringing in a few credits, mm-hmm. and others are really up to that maximum of 62 credits. So I guess we have, like, the AP, the IB, and also Running Start. But what about the classes that people take over the summer or like during gaps or breaks like how does that work okay so when before a student goes off to take a class if they're a current Whitman student they should fill out the request for approval of transfer credit form because that's their way of uh, making sure that those credits will be eligible to transfer once they uh, are done with the class and that form requires approval from their advisor and if they're trying to get major credit or minor credit, there's more approval needed. The, the major advisor would have to give approval, or for a minor, it has to be the department chair. So it's, it's definitely a process. Or yeah. It's more involved than just trying to bring in, like, AP credit. Yes. Yes, because it's less standardized. I have to look at the certain college to make sure it's regionally accredited and then I have to look at the course to make sure it's one that is not too similar to what they've already taken here at Whitman and then I have to determine whether it's uh, truly equivalent to a Whitman course or whether it would just come over as filling uh, distribution areas or just the credits towards their uh, 124 credits Mm -hmm. needed for graduation. I guess the main reason why I wanted to talk with you specifically was almost a year ago, trying to register for spring of last year. I was trying to register, but I was trying to sign up for classes, and I was like, I want to do Calc 1, I want to do Intro to Computer Science, but I took AP Calc, and I took AP Comp Sci in high school, and I wasn't sure if they had transferred or where I could see if they transferred, and I... My registration was blocked because I couldn't sign up for Calc 1 because I already had credit. Mm. So I was frantically emailing people like, what does this mean? I think the only place I could find where it mentions transfer credits is on the bottom of the unofficial transcript. Is there any other place that you know of that you can like easily find? Sure. So uh, if you go onto My Whitman and look at your academic evaluation, Mm -hmm. If credits have come over through AP or IB scores, they will be on your academic evaluation and they have a .hs at the end of that, meaning that they were taken in high school. Mm -hmm. So those will not fulfill distribution areas, Mm -hmm. but they will count towards the 124 needed for graduation. And they also count as if you need them to count as a prerequisite for another course. So I can, like that's why my calc one slot was already filled 
this right. calc. I was looking at this sheet when I was applying to Whitman for like the AP scores, the transfer rate, I guess. The, the chart, but you know, I'm available if, if any students ever have questions about this or they have trouble reading the chart, feel free to send me an email or give me a phone call or stop by and I'd be happy to, to answer any questions that you have. And also your academic advisor should be able to help you to read your uh, evaluation. But if, if anybody has any questions, that's what I'm here for. So the, for the, the chart for APs, is that something that's standard across like a lot of schools or is that something that Whitman has made? That's unique to each institution. So um, in order to make that chart, I reach out to faculty and they are involved in that decision as to what level of scores they would like to accept or if they have decided they don't want to accept a test for credit, that's their call also. So some of that was already here when I got here two and a half years ago, and some has been updated since I've been here. Do you recall any of the ones that have been updated? I think we added some languages when I got here. Um, I think we added Italian and Japanese. Those are the ones that come to mind right away. And then some IB tests were added also that were some of the newer IB tests that were not on, not historically accepted by Whitman. And I guess you need to stay up to date with like which AP tests are available and how they're like constantly changing. Right. Because I know uh, world history, like I took the full world history AP test and then it got split the year after I took it. Yes, it's it's a constantly changing field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. Another thing about the whole changing in things with credits, uh, there were some changes due to COVID in transfer credits, right? Yes. And so when Whitman went online, mm-hmm. there was some change in thinking about online teaching. Mm-hmm. And there historically was a policy at Whitman when I got here where there was a maximum of 10 semester credits which be, could be taken online and applied towards your Whitman degree. And that has now been lifted so that 10 credit limit is not there anymore for online classes. But that being said, there still are some restrictions as far as certain uh, courses being called equivalent to Whitman courses. If they have online labs, for Mm -hmm. example, and a Whitman course would have an in-person lab, and that course is not necessarily gonna come back to Whitman as an equivalent to Mm -hmm. an in-person lab. So I guess that would be the big change in transfer credits. Yes. Do you think that's going to have a pretty big impact on the amount of people trying to get transfer credits just because it's more available? I do from what I've seen. For some students, online classes work very well. And so, you know, it's possible that there'll be more interest in this, especially during the summers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are things that we are looking at from a diversity and equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. standpoint. And we are looking at at some of these things and trying to reassess maybe some procedures that we have just to make sure that we're being uh, as equitable as we can. Because online, or doing like college classes online is definitely more accessible to someone who can't exactly travel or someone who doesn't have an accredited school in their area. Absolutely. If someone has questions in like the same area, like 
who should people talk to if they have questions? That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or our registrar, Amy Walker. Um, We are probably the people that that students should come to if they have questions about transfer credits. And we'd be happy to help in any way that we can. I guess the like professors and the majors and like pre-major advisors, they all talk with you to get all the information, right? Right. There's a lot of emailing uh, that goes back and forth. I, you know, if there's anything, I am not a subject matter expert in every mm-hmm. university course. So <laughs> I'm doing a lot of emailing mm-hmm. uh, back and forth with departments if there's anything that I'm unsure about and checking in with them to make sure that I have their approval before, you know, approving of a course as a Whitman equivalent, especially. Do you have anything else major to add? I think it's just very important that students do fill out the request for approval of transfer credit form before taking any transfer credits because, you know, we don't want any student taking a course, paying for a course that turns out will not be accepted for transfer because, you know, our goal is to make sure that students aren't wasting their money in any way in that that regard all right well i think that's it thank you for being in the interview and thank you for being on the whitman wire podcast happy to be here i wanted to go deeper into what pam mentioned about transfer credits counting as prerequisites in certain situations The first thing that came to mind was the rhetoric writing in public discourses RWPD 170 credit. As many witties with AP or IB credit in English language and composition quickly come to realize, the requirements related to getting the credit are blurry at best, with course credit being offered through both the writing placement test taken by incoming first years and in exchange for transferred test credit. From the Whitman website's page on placement tests, they mention, our writing faculty will evaluate these writing samples or those provided by the writing placement tests to identify students who would benefit from the first year writing course, those who would be exempt from taking this course. I reached out to Lydia McDermott, the Rhetoric, Writing, and Public Discourse Chair for the 2021-2022 academic year. In my email, I mentioned this apparent conflict between the writing placement test and what was promised for transferred AP and IB test scores. Here's a quote from Professor McDermott's response. I'll point out that though RWPD 170 is technically in our department, it is a course developed specifically to meet the general education writing proficiency requirement. Therefore, it does not count towards our major and the department does not determine the fulfillment of the writing proficiency requirement. I know that a score of five on the AP language and composition test does count as proficiency requirement and therefore exempts anyone from the class or the assessment that might require the class. These scores are not always at the college by the time students are taking the assessment, though. RWPD 170, as a general education fulfillment, is more akin to how GENS 175 or 176 might accept transfer credit. Most college-level composition courses do count for 170, though. We stand by the idea that even AP-level high school writing is actually quite different from college-level writing, 
and often very formulaic, end quote. So that's the case for a class that impacts every student. Specific conversations get a little more complex, especially when attempting to transfer credits towards majors and minors. With such credits, their acceptance rides on the decision of either the department chair or the departments as a whole. There are cases in which it's more clear what credits count where, especially in the context of majors and minors, where departments and department chairs get final say for specific transfer credits and courses. An example of this idea in action can be found in the geology department. Students interested in pursuing a geology major need field mapping credit or Geology 480, which is a cumulative course that tests and applies all aspects of geo-knowledge. For a course so vital, it may come as a surprise that it's rarely offered at Whitman at all, forcing prospective geology majors to apply to programs elsewhere. The note in the course's description states Geology 480 is not regularly offered by Whitman College. Students wishing to complete major requirements with a field experience should plan to complete an approved summer field course offered by another collegiate institution done in the summer between junior and senior year or in the summer following senior year. It requires the consent of the entire department as it's oftentimes one of the last credits that the geology students find themselves pursuing, and it can easily make or break graduation. A lot rests on both the student and faculty in finding a program that will fulfill the expectations set out by the Whitman Geology Department, given the lack of opportunities for a similar experience on campus. Geology is one of the few departments in the college that doesn't actually have a limit on the quantity of transfer credits. Just a brief mention of what transferred AP credits can and cannot be used for in the context of supporting science coursework. On the other hand, the vast majority of the departments do actually impose a limit of transfer credits applicable to the majors and or minors that range from eight to 12 credits or two courses. With such an emphasis on what students cannot do rather than what they can do when it comes to transfer credits. Those who need transfer credits, like geology majors, or those who happen to matriculate with them, are stuck trying to find where to get their credit or where their credit can even be applied. Luckily, this is where the registrar and transfer credit evaluator come in. Beyond the individual students planning out what credits they are seeking and from where, transfer credits for existing witties are just a summer study abroad transfer credit application and a conversation away. Thanks for listening to the Whitman Wire podcast. This episode was edited by Casey Moulton. We'll be back next week with new stories.